Pablo, Christian, and Dave, May 22nd, 2020. That's beautiful. Who is this? This is Lana Del Rey. Um, I'm not hearing us right now. Lana Del Rey. Oh. oh, I love Lana Del Rey. Is this a new one? Yeah. Can you hear us now? There we go. Check, check. Hello, hello. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is called Venice Beach. Ah, oh, Venice Beach. I'll have to find it because video games by Lana Del Rey is on my regular playlist. What? Video game? Oh, it's an album called Video it's Games? It's a song called Video Games. Oh, huh. yeah. What do you know about that? Okay, you're, let's continue this discussion, Pablo. All right, but let's, Pablo be, wants to let's be gentle. <laughs> buy he it, wants to buy, buy a $13,000 camera. I don't, um, I he don't really, really, really <laughs> wants that he camera. He wants permission I know you want it. to no, there, justify it. There are He's trying to figure out what the, tr- the, the falling off point is, like where you actually say, say uh, lose your discomfort with making the decision and go ahead and do it and be happy with it. And it should be noted that um, this is for work, so it's deductible. Um, but the the type of camera, excuse me, I didn't turn my thingy off. The type of camera is not. Um, it's more camera than I need right now. It's like a cinema camera. It's it's amazing. You know, I, I yeah, looked it up and it. Yeah. Don't you think it's because beautiful. you're a filmmaker and aren't you just worried that you'll quit your day job as soon as you have that camera and you'll reembark on the life of an no, artist? No, he can use that thing for, <laughs> for his day job. I don't have a day job, Crable. <laughs> Come on. None of us do. That business of yours. That's a day job if your real goal is to make some films. No, I mean I. I love he would use doing it for his I'm day job. Doing, yeah. I, I don't know that I would use it for personal projects. I mean, I certainly might, but um, actually, the first film that I ever made, I shot on my Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, which is a 16 millimeter uh, sensor, and that that looks great with a, a Canon EF lens. And um, you know, I, I saw that projected next to films that were made on much much fancier cameras and i i didn't see anything wrong with it was that the one with sheila in it yeah oh yeah that yeah was good. so that give was, us a link what is, what's uh pablo oh, those, jones those are all pablojones.org under more you can see all the films that i've pablojones.org um, and then you can also see my work samples for clients Yes, I did look at them, and they're beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Dave. And the one of Kristen is oh, yes. so Don't, darling. Yeah. There's no film about me. Come there on. is. There's a couple minutes <laughs> no. of just interviewing Fribble. The, that is also on the Blackmagic cinema camera. Oh, yeah. yeah which really looks cool. great. Have you still got that thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have two of them. Is and that, I shot on those for, for years, and then I moved to the Sony Alpha cameras. Is that the one we, we took to the park and experimented yes, with? yeah. That was a good camera. Yeah, yeah. it's a great little camera, but... Not super flexible for client work. It's not ideal because it's not super flexible. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my yeah. Well, I yeah, I looked mic. up this thing. It's what's it called? It's called the Sony. It's a Sony FX9. So the thing is, in uh, for those that don't know, when you're trying to calculate these decisions, is you're usually tied into one of three main manufacturers. You're a Nikon person, a Sony person, or a Canon person. And the reason that you get tied in is because you have a number of lenses from these manufacturers. So the Nikons go with the Nikon ecosystem, the Sony with the Sony, and so on and so forth. The the lenses can be adapted to other cameras, so you can adapt Canon lenses to Sony and so on and so forth. Um, but if you have native glass in a particular ecosystem, then you're um, greatly inclined to purchase a body uh, within that ecosystem. And the saying goes, um, marry the lens, date the body. Ooh, so, <laughs> I did not know that saying. Yeah, so bodies don't last as long. or even, Bodies come and go. Yeah, We all know that. But lenses and, are forever. Yeah, lenses are forever. In fact, I have some <laughs> vintage Canon FD lenses that I use on the Black Magics and that I've adapted to the Sonys. They were hugely expensive lenses at the time. They're super sharp, beautiful lenses. They cost $50. No, that's what I'm interested in. Because, Dave, oh, you said that as soon as you buy a car and you drive it off the lot, you're convinced that it's the best car and that that's part of the decision-making anchor for yeah, car Yeah, that's part of cog- cognitive dissonance theory. Mm. 
Right. Ooh. So I, I would say part of as the, soon as you vote for Trump, you love Trump, and you hate anybody who disparages Trump. Well, I would say part of the challenge for me is there is a an actual professional need I have, which will give some value, um, whatever magical number that is. There's also the love and um, addiction to gear, which will give some value. Yeah. And then there's also the practical um, sort of quantification of what do you need? What has value? What will actually um, improve my workflow, which is very important because that shakes down to time. You know, I'm not really talking about a difference in quality. The difference in quality between what I'm shooting on now and what I would shoot on if I got this camera, nobody's not many people are going to know the difference. Now, why it, is it, it itchy, a, though? Why is the pull? Why the desire? So, so we take these, let me answer that in a second, but we take these three sort of um, mysterious numbers and we shake them out into some kind of even more mysterious formula, and I, got I don't one, know how to do that math. I got one more for you. Okay. You show up to a job with that kind of camera, and there's a certain cachet no, with it. Nobody cares. Not My clients... And would they you, even know? No. My clients don't know and don't care and most of the clients that i'm ever going to have don't know and don't care that might be uh an issue if i were doing commercial work but i do very very little commercial work and even the commercial clients that i have they just don't care so then i go back to what is the pull what is the drawing does it well, have the, to do with the practical i mean if we're talking about these three mysterious numbers the very real pull is that i'm shooting a lot solo these days i don't have my assistant with me and I want uh, rock solid autofocus. I want a variable ND, and I want um, that's sun, audio. That's in, sunglasses for your camera. Yeah. Variable ND. Thank yeah, you. and I want Thank it. Thank you, Dave. Is and translating. I want it in the camera. I want audio in the camera so that I can just come with one body, put it on the sticks, and then uh, roll. So it, it it has to do with responding to the times. Yeah, absolutely. And the needs of your business in relationship to the times. Yeah, for, right? sh for sure. Yeah, it's a beautiful, sure, sure. beautiful toy. That's the main <laughs> thing. So that's the other, right, there is a toy element to it, it's which I added into my mysterious values. But again, I don't know how to do the math. I don't know how the... Yeah, numbers right. all shake how do you, out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you were saying, you know... It's a car. You're buying a car. Yeah, basically. you're definitely buying something that once you buy it, you are going to double down on. No, I'm talking just necessary. price. 13 grand. You can buy a pretty decent car yeah. for 13 grand. Sure. Sure. I mean, if you take, uh, you know, you add up all the video gear I have right now, that's easily close to, if not over that Okay, number. now here's a question. What if you offloaded the stuff that you don't need and that this camera will replace, and then you subtract that, yeah, what you make from the I was thinking about that. The so ticket that's, price. That's a couple. That's a thrifty buyer's strategy. Yeah, that's, a, that's, um, that's maybe a couple grand in there somewhere, you know? What's the, what's the impediment? Uh, the impediment is we're in a worldwide financial crisis, and even though I'm really really lucky to be working um i don't know if it's justifiable because i don't know how much additional work it's looking like i'm going to be working a lot this summer mm -hmm. but there's just no way to know if we go um you know if things get worse there's just no way to know well so, then there's always the uh, the thing of waiting six months until until some of them go on the used market and getting it for yes yeah two-thirds of the price yeah for sure. Another smart buyer's tip from Dave Capel. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I've I've kind of sometimes I do that, but like right now I I've got this big thing toy that I'm about to buy in the camera world, which Let's is the, the it's the Fuji XT4. Oh yeah. Um, the right now I've got the Fuji XT3, which is XT4. the kind of the and flagship. What, and what is that like? Two grand or something? Uh, yeah, seventeen hundred. Just um, buy it, too. Oh yeah, yeah I'm buying. It. Just I, buy well, it, I already, yeah, I've got. I already put a down payment. <laughs> but on But you it. have Fuji lenses, right? Yeah, and I have Fuji lenses. And what yeah. lenses do you have? Oh, I got like six of them. And uh, actually, I just bought a super nice. Um, what is it? Uh, One hundred four hundred. Uh, yeah. Uh, telephoto. It's okay. just amazing. Oh my god, that thing. And what is the the sensor size on that? Is it not micro four thirds, but it's not full frame, right? It's uh, yeah, it's a um, uh, crop sensor. Yeah. So yeah, it's 
That drone footage you took the other day that you posted on Facebook was so beautiful. Oh yeah, that's that's oh. just a DJI. That's a oh, that, so that's gorgeous. like a cheap drone. Oh, you got a little drone? I didn't even see that. Oh yeah, I, I, in fact, I was thinking about bringing it here today. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it'd be fun to get an aerial. Now, do you know what are, what are the rules and regulations with that sort of thing? Oh, or you just don't care? It's kind of the wild west at this point. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually true, Dave. <laughs> well, now <laughs> they've actually built in... That's um, more of a point of view, isn't it? <laughs> you know, supposedly you're not, you're not supposed to fly them in any airspace within five miles of an airport. And every city is full of airport, including heliports. You know, so like HCMC is considered an airport. Um, Fairview. I mean, there's all kinds of places that have airport or uh, helicopter landing yeah. pads on them. So, essentially, you cannot. You're not supposed to fly them in any airspace. But you can get a license. I mean, you can get a permit to do it. Yes, right? you can. But the thing is, is that I never fly mine over, say, a hundred feet in the air. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not in any airspace that any airplanes would ever. Okay, this might be an elf hole, but speaking of flying and purchasing things, do you guys want to buy a plane? Just a small one. <laughs> you mean we, we the could, three of us together? Yeah, we could all go in on a little plane. What kind yeah. of lens does it have? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually ran into a guy one time in a bar years ago who uh, he was with his wife and friends and they were celebrating something and I got to chatting with him and he, and he said we're sell we're celebrating selling the airplane <laughs> and uh and I said I I, I said so what was the oh he said oh I I've had a hell of a time trying to get rid of this plane and he said yeah it's just one of those things that your happiest day with it is the day you buy it. Your second happiest day is the day you sell it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so oh, that funny. there's a cautionary tale about buying a plane. And yeah. Frames, what has... Well, I, I used to be working on this project with the social worker at um, Sheridan over in Northeast. And, and she was in a flying club. Okay. With about six friends where they all went in on a plane together, got their license, and, you know, they would split the time. Um, and then I have another friend who's who's got a plane and he's got a license and he works up in Duluth and he flies up twice a week and flies back. And, you know, the, he and his wife are, are always saying, let's fly to Wisconsin for breakfast. And I just, it just sounds so fun. I, I, I love fun. Have you guys ever heard things. of the, the fly-in, the big fly-in in Oshkosh? No. No. The, oh, my God. What's that? That show, <laughs> that's, that's something that everybody should see at least once in their life. Um, it's a huge, uh, it's a, um, I don't know, the American Association of, of Small Aircraft or something like that, that puts on, has for many years since early in the 20th century, I think, has had this big gathering where they, um, they fly in, it, it, people fly in with their planes. It's kind of like Sturgis for yeah, airplanes. Sure. But um, um, it, it takes place in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and people fly in from all over the world with all these exotic planes, everything from experimental uh, home-built aircraft to, um, you know, like biplanes and shit mm -hmm. like that. But then also the military comes in and visits and they fly in with all their stuff. And there's a lot of vintage uh, war airplanes mm. that fly in. Um, Is it the, an air show? Yeah, and it's okay. and, and it it's so it's a it's a gathering and it's also they have air shows all day long. Yeah, I've and so there's stuff like, you know, like the Harrier Hummingbird that you know that plane flies in, and those things are so it's a vertical takeoff. Yeah, vehicle. unbelievable. And and it it's so loud. Oh my god! And then they they have uh, dog fights with um, um, with like uh, P fifty one Mustangs, you know, restored yeah. from yeah. Uh, from World War Two. <laughs> Um, and same thing with World War One biplanes and stuff, you know, like doing crap. And then they, uh, and then aerobatic uh, aircraft that are a real specialized kind of airplane. You know, the, and, the thing that strikes me oh. about all that, the thing that is, I, I mean, I like airplanes. I think that's all cool. It's so much fun just to walk up down the line of mm. airplanes. They're so shiny and so cool. And so, and then, yeah. and, and there, my, I think my grandfather 
probably the stories of him building his own plane because he ran a gas station in Mankato for a he while. He built his own for plane? And, and he would be, he had a small plane and he would do shows and it was just a little tiny plane. And I don't know that much about my grandfather, but that as a child, listening to my mom talk about that, about going up in the plane with her dad just taking it for a spin landing in a cornfield you know and and he worked on small engines and it was what well, it I just think made it sound kind of accessible yeah. and romantic the logistics of an event where a lot of people arrive by plane is super interesting to me Ooh, air control yeah yeah they, they, they have a tower there yeah and, yeah, well, yeah just like how they park and how and then the idea that like you might be in the middle of somewhere that most people have not driven to yeah you know, well, you know, I think that's where um, Kara Johnstad's dad died. He was a trick flyer, Errol Johnstad. Barnstormer, was, what do they call him? He it? was an aerial f- uh, flyer. He was an acrobat, and uh, his plane went down. I think that might have been in Oshkosh, actually. Yeah, yeah. I just they re- occasionally have uh, have deaths there. Yeah. I just rewatched The Rocketeer. What's that? Great. Oh, great I love that movie. movie. I don't know it. What is it? <laughs> It's uh, it's a movie about a a guy at, at, who works at a, a a mechanic and a and a, a pilot who work at this you know sideshow carnival flying carnival thingy, and they find a jet pack essentially a rocket pack uh, that the feds are looking for, and uh, it's it's a great movie. Ooh, like it's space. Jetpack, yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's kind of like comic book. It, comic it, it feels very what, comic booky. Are they what we were promised in the seventies? The jetpacks, where you could do an individual flying. Maybe that's why. I yeah, e- even with even more so. I mean, these are you got to see it. It's uh, okay. Jennifer Connelly and Billy something Campbell, oh. maybe. Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, the Billy Rocketeer. Campbell, the right. Rocketeer. Okay, I'll yeah. look for it. I love Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, you know they've they've actually got. If, uh, you can go down a, a YouTube elf hole on <laughs> um, on wingsuits. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know those squirrel suits, yes. those flying squirrel suits, so and crazy. guys who have l- engines that, yes. that like handheld jet engines that they can fly on those yeah. thi- fly with those things. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> Super a- crazy. Did you see the footage of that guy? Um, who landed on cardboard boxes from his wingsuit? Oh yeah, that's what? crazy. Yeah, yeah, he did the first non-parachute landing, landing in the desert, someplace around Las Vegas, I think it was. Yeah, wow. it's just a, such a yeah. large m- margin of error. It's just like the consequences. Small of, margin. Yeah, I mean, is he, that he yeah. hit the, um, the small, small. Yeah, yeah, hitting that that pile of boxes <laughs> was uh, yeah <laughs> scary. I mean, you got to be really tricksy with that math. <laughs> yeah, those people d- just die all the time. It's just you know every uh, again yeah, and again. That, yeah, over and yeah. On yeah. the other hand, if you're doing that sort of thing, it's not surprising if that's how you so go. Is this not that th- anyone wants it. But. Is this a theme about risk? Because we're talking about big purchases. Ooh, that's a way to pull it all together, Frabes. I would not equate the risk that I'm <laughs> contemplating with the risk of a <laughs> wingsuit dude. Although you may starve to death okay, if you buy that thing. What is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? This might be it. <laughs> I'm not talking about humiliation. I'm talking about bodily harm. I felt like the, the most dangerous thing I ever did was uh, I... Uh, a friend of mine, Per Brehagen, um, hired or, or invited a bunch of, uh, he's one of my mountain biking buddies, mm-hmm. and he uh, is a skier, he's from Norway, and um, and also shoots for uh, Patagonia. And uh, so he got a bunch of skiing friends together, or invited us out to a shoot, to shoot the, the new Patagonia fashions. Yeah. Um, in Big Sky, Montana, and um, we went went out there and uh, um, got to wear the the new clothes and or next year's clothes. Actually, it was. Um, Wait, so this is a male model? Yeah, situation? so I got to be a, a male model. <laughs> nice, um, that's awesome. But uh, can we see the pictures? Of, well, none of it, he he wouldn't show it. it. They all belong to Patagonia, and so he God just turned in damn. the. SD cards to them, <laughs> and that was it. And only one of them was ever chosen to be in a catalog. It wasn't me, but um, you were robbed, my friend. How dare they! <laughs> but one of the things he had us do was go um, ski what they call the avalanche shoots uh, oh. at this place, Big Sky, Montana. 
And these things are so steep. It's literally, it's more like falling than, than skiing. Than skiing. It, it, it was, it's like standing on the side of a, of a cliff okay, and me, just looking straight down. And once you get, we had to hike to the things. Yeah. So we're tromping through the snow for like an hour mm. to get out to the things and exhausted, you know, by the time we get at high altitude and stuff. And once we got to the top of and, and it's considered what they call a no fall zone where if you fall, you may die. You, there's a good chance. So you, wait you a will sec, die. David. <laughs> you, how old were you when you did this? This was, uh, maybe 10 years ago. And, and, and are you an expert downhillist on the skis? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, expert skier okay I, I, I was a ski instructor for many oh you years were okay okay like 20 years okay okay well that's good i was not aware of that <laughs> and so um you you did this whole thing you're you're not intimidated by the, the i mean what do you feel i was so intimidated i thought i was gonna literally wet my and pants. what about the other fellows were they like ah no big deal or they were, were scared too <laughs> a couple of them were scared too oh my god um and should not that have been some kind of well none of us bail? none of but us you know, knew like, none of us knew so we get wow. to the thing we get to the top of the thing and it's just it's a narrow chute with rocks on either side that goes straight down and so basically you kind of just aim yourself down the middle of this and thing was nobody and, like nah this ain't good uh well, all of a, we were like not talking. Everybody was like in their own head. Wow. It was silent. And Shouldn't somebody have <laughs> said, nah. But isn't this about like, this is similar. There was no getting out of there. We would have had a right. hike way back up the, through the snow because we hiked down to this thing. Oh. We would have had to hike. We're carrying our skis and stuff. And um, Commi- was, you were committed. It was heinous. Yeah. And I actually went first because I, I, I thought if... I went last, and there would be no way they could climb up to me if I was if I got in trouble. So I want so, people to be able to so, come down to me. So it seemed like you were being um, sort of uh, a maverick, but in fact, you were just covering your own. Yeah, purpose. yeah. I wanted to be rescued. Well, and this is I wanted about, them to find like my you, body. You were fully committed, right? I mean, that's that's about risk and purchase and commitment. And how did it feel? What was that like? Well, it was. After about two turns, which, you know, I probably did only five turns down this whole thing that was like a quarter of a mile long because it was just like, boom, 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 and then aim straight. And uh, um, when I got to, to the bottom, it was a... F- fucking cool feeling it's <laughs> like I'm, I'm alive i'm a fucking live man <laughs> you know? did you did you say anything to yourself before you launched off you know honestly i can remember so little about that because i was so fucking scared <laughs> i've i have never ever 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 been so scared in my life i i i th- thought i if i live through this i'll be a good person oh forever and and are you a good person yes yes <laughs> i'm perfect <laughs> wow that is amazing i don't think that i would have done it i yeah i uh, yeah i well and part of it too is being with all those guys the 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 adrenaline guys that i hang yeah. out with that it was kind of peer pressure um well, that's what i would imagine and, you know masculine you know shenanigans that whole thing and and uh and plus I kind of thought, if these guys can do it, I can do it, and you know. So there's a little bit, kind of, a little bit of competition. And, and had any happening. of them done it before? Well, Pear had done a lot of steeps. They call it steeps skiing. Okay. Um, Pear has done a lot of it, and a couple of the other guys had done quite a lot of it. Too. And were you like, I know I'm better than these schmoes? Well, I, I thought, you know, there there was a period in my life, in my life where I thought I where. I was the best skier I knew. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, I've been skiing since I was five years old and I've, and, and did it, you know, basically professionally for years. Yeah. Um, Where did you instruct? At, uh, at Birch Park, Snowcrest and Afton Alps and another place called Tartan Park, which was a, a 3M company ski hill. Do you remember Tonka? Ski Tonka? Uh, 
I, I do. I never skied there. <laughs> That's where I grew up. I've never, I've never been downhill skiing. Oh, oh my God. Skiing. Well, I can teach you. Not it's after that little story, <laughs> young man. Well, I'm not going to say. I'm, I'll, I start. Maybe we do a podcast next winter. I start you on the, on the shallows. Lodge. Actually, I've, I had a, a ski moment yesterday. So yesterday I went uh, morel mushroom hunting. Yay. And uh, and I, <laughs> so I drove out. Of, I I kind of thought, well, I'm just going to go south. I, I I like to just kind of follow my nose. And um, so I got on Highway 52. I was heading out of town, and I saw some dead elm trees. You, you find morels under dead elms typically, and uh, they're very distinctive. You can see them from a distance. And so I'm driving down 52. And just in this warehouse parking lot, I saw some dead elms uh, around the edge. And so I quickly made a left and drove into the parking lot, waded into the woods. And the first tree I looked at, there's two morel mushrooms. Nice. nice. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good day. And so I continued driving south on, on 52 and went down to Welch Village um, just because I haven't been there in forever. And, uh, and that was the very first place I skied when I was a little kid. Nice. And, uh, so I got there. I had my bicycle, and there's a, a beautiful trail down there, the Cannon River Valley Trail. Have you ever ridden on that trail? No. Oh, it's, it's really amazing. It's gorgeous. It's an old uh, railroad right away, so uh, it's perfectly flat, but it goes through the va- the Cannon R- River Valley, and it's just beautiful bluffs on either side, and um, you know, part of that whole driftless zone, yeah. you know, where it's it's really so it's gorgeous. like you're in the mountains, and um, but with no hills, and uh, I. Would I would just rode down that trail for about five miles in one direction, stopping every thirty feet to look at, look for mushrooms, and found absolutely nothing. Um, and uh, so I was a little bit dispirited by that whole thing. But I got to see Welch Village and the place that where I the very first place I skied, and I had a little nostalgic moment. And then I turned around and came back, went back to my car, drove back up. Uh, to the Twin Cities, and I won't tell you where I stopped, but I just on a whim stopped in a in a city park, and uh, went into the woods. And five minutes later, had fifteen of the biggest morels I ever Jackpot. found. Yeah, right here in the city. So I found all seventeen of my beautiful morels um, right here in the city. And what's a good number for a morel hunting well, season for you? This is. If if you can find a pound in a day, which I did, that's not bad. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, sometimes you find what they call honey spots, and uh, and actually some people who do it every year and are really dedicated to it and go out every day during the season ha- might have a dozen honey spots where they just go to those places and oh, check. I thought them. I thought honey spots was a kind of a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and um. And will these grow back within a season? Like the the spot you found, can you go back in two weeks and they'll have regrown? Well, no. Uh, morels have a season. It's very short. It, ha- it happens right, in my experience, it happens when the lilacs are blooming. So when the lilacs are in full bloom, the morels are coming up in the forest. And um, and can you grow morels? Like no, in, you in, can't. Because they, they have what they call a mycorrhizal relationship. So they live in symbiosis with tree roots and they live in symbiosis with elm trees is one of the the is the main tree that they're attracted to um around here and when the elm tree when the tree gets in trouble when the host gets in trouble that's when they make their decision to get out of dodge so they send up their fruit their fruiting body and spread their spores to move to another spot. And, and you what, are eating those fruity bodies. <laughs> yes. So the yeah. fruity bodies and the trouble of that the elm tree is in, what, what trouble would that be? They die, uh, Dutch elm. Dutch elm. So morels are the fruity body of a crisis that the tree is having. Yes. That is interesting. So yes, interesting. yes. So and you're celebrating that orally <laughs> yes. how were they i saw i saw pictures oh my god were they great morels are yeah they're they're just something like i said i don't think i've ever had, i'm now, a mushroom fan i don't think i've ever had. oh dude is, the, is there a uh, 
a mushroom that you can mistake for a morel that is there is um, one called the false morel but it doesn't right. it doesn't look and anything that's the poison it looks more like an ear oh. than a than a sponge spongy what? thing it's, yeah. okay okay frames what about you risk well i was trying to think having I, a, having a child not counting yeah that doesn't count <laughs> um having a brain tumor yeah, yeah that, that also doesn't count. that doesn't count, that doesn't count. <laughs> so you know the the actually what does come to mind is when I was a child on the farm um, my dad hooked up this incredible speaking of skiing the ski tow the first farm I was born into was a uh, called Chesmar Farms it was on Lake Minnewashita and we had a private ski run with a ski tow seriously yeah. you had a tow rope yeah yeah we had a tow rope so wow. you know how thick those are so yeah. this this um, swing what had a big knot at the bottom and it was way up to the top of an elm tree so and and the swing was um swing wait what swing so, what so, are you talking about so the the rope um uh flowed down from the tree where it was tied way up high but in order to swing you had to climb onto another tree that was kind of angled next to the original. I don't understand. Okay, so what does swinging me, have to do with skiing? So, let no, me no, clarify. No, we're talking about risk. We're okay, but about risk. hang on, Fritz, yeah. just a second. <laughs> she said a tow rope, but it was the rope that one would use for towing, but attached to a tree for the purpose of swinging, not a tow rope that right. mechanically gets you from one place to another. So, on the right. Does that make sense? Right. So, we, so my dad had the tow rope from the original Chesmar Farms. When we moved to Orono on Lake Independence, <laughs> oh, he took the tow he rope. he took a tow rope and yeah. made it into a tree and swing. Yes, thank yes, you. Thank yeah. you for the translation. So, um... <laughs> So the, th <laughs> you guys. Uh, I was tracking, but I understood uh, where the disconnect uh, happened. It was really fun. I was looking at both of your faces, and I knew you loved me, and you were trying to follow. Okay. No, no, I got it. I yeah, was yeah. following it. So, he but, got it. But the thing. But that, he's known you for a long. Yeah, a yeah. long time. So the thing about this tree swing yeah. is, you had to have a partner tie another rope to the knot, and then swing it up to you after you'd climbed up into the tree next to the tree that the rope string, sure. string was on and then you had to have them lob it up you had to catch the rope leaning out from this tree mm -hmm. where you're angled and it didn't quite reach so there was a moment where you had to you had to trust that your body was going to fall onto the knot and leap into the air and then it would swing completely down and then catch and then you'd have this glorious yeah that sounds swing. dangerous but it was terrifying and it took me as a child i think it was like 11 or 12 took me three weeks of climbing up getting one of my little sisters to lob it up to me where i would hang leaning on the tree with one hand way out holding onto the 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 rope and just trying to decide whether i would lob my body off of the tree and trust that i could do this it took me three weeks of climbing up and then climbing down and climbing up and finally i got one of my sisters to help me. I was in place, and then I just said, you have to leave. Get out of here. And I think I was up there for, like, maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> and I finally did it. That's yay, nice. Frabe. Yay, little Frabes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that pathetic? No, but, what's but pathetic about it? Was it was very no, brave of me. That's it a, took perseverance. That could have changed your life right yeah. there. Why yeah, would you that's say true. that's pathetic? Yeah, well, no, you're right. Thank you, Pablo. Thank <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah. Give yeah. yourself credit, little Frabes. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, that's that 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 did come to mind because it was really um, it was a moment in my Can life. Can I just say this is the cutest park ever? Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot These of minis people, rolling. Yeah, little children just scampering around and their moms dancing. Oh my with them. God. Look at that little guy. That oh guy has God. barely learned to walk, and he's just got a. He's grin got a, from ear to ear and a striped green hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> With oh, some gray man. sweatpants oh, that have creatures on the sweet. knees. It's very cute. Yeah. Oh, this might be a good time to do a call out to our friends of Thomas Lowry Park. Oh, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. So yes. as we were setting up, we uh, we found out that uh, the neighbors have been spying on us doing this <laughs> podcast and they, wondering they, on their Facebook page, what are they doing? Who, who are, are they? These, who yeah. are these people? And does anybody know anything about them? And so I will just say that this is uh, uh, to the friends of Thomas Lowry Park. We are your friends as well. And, and let me let me interject that the friends of Thomas Lowry Park provide support to the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board for the tender care of Thomas Lowry Park. 
FTL. Otherwise known as Seven Pools Park. That's yeah. Right. And they, they are abbreviated to FTLP, and they provide funds for biannual plantings, volunteer gardening help, and other park needs. And they are doing that as we speak. That's right. There's a whole crew of gardeners. And uh, was it Elizabeth Schaefer who came yeah, over Elizabeth to us? Schaefer. Yeah, Elizabeth Neighbor from Colfax came over and introduced herself and very kindly let us know that we were being observed, that nothing, <laughs> nothing was going unnoticed by the friends of Thomas Lowry Park. Good, yeah, good. I'm glad like I feel that. safer. Me yeah, too. I feel safer as well. I feel known and understood. And okay, I also Pops. feel more connected yeah. to the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, risk. Pablo. Man, you know, that's a tough one because as I think about it, I'm wondering, you know, perceived risk versus um, actual risk. So when I was racing around in my mom's little Toyota when I was 19 with my buddies. Drunk. No, we weren't drunk, but we were racing each other in the middle of the night in the back streets of St. Paul, and we were going, you know, 90 miles an hour down these residential Ugh. streets, and oh, we were um, Risking playing. other people's lives? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was terribly, terribly dangerous, and my perceived risk was actually not all that great, <laughs> but uh, I think probably that by far has been the riskiest, riskiest thing that I've, that I have done, things in motor vehicles. Barring that... You know, in terms of physical risk, boosted board bears a fair amount of yeah. physical risk. Um, you have to sort of really know your limits and take it seriously. And um, and then, of course, just biking in general. I had a very bad bike accident when I was 30. Woke up in an ambulance. Really? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Where, where? When? I was biking along River Road. Some uh, kids said they saw me look down at my um, feet and then I went over the handlebars, and I woke up in an ambulance. I don't remember any of it. I just remember biking along River Road and waking up in an ambulance. And uh, they scoured my face for an hour and a half with a toothbrush and a scalpel. Oh, my God. Stitches. I actually refused the lidocaine in my face because it, when they injected it into my leg, it hurt so bad. Um, but, yeah, it, was, it was, took me a while to recover. And then um, wow. to get back on my bike after that, you know, I... I um, you know, it's it's tricky. You can't live in fear, but um, things do spook you, and so you have to sort of balance moving forward with uh, your new appreciation for uh, risk. Were you uh, at all aware of that being in your mind when you were doing Tough Love Tuesdays with Oliver, teaching him to bike before you no. became Tender Tuesdays? Wait, <laughs> together, together, Tuesdays. Oh, together, together Tuesdays. Sorry. No, no. Although, no, not that. Uh, specifically at all but but I was thinking about um, so Oliver my lady friend's nine-year-old he just learned to bike Yay, uh, very Oliver. very exciting and I was uh, um, I sort of spearheaded that uh, effort uh, and am part of a very proud team that, uh, Props <laughs> that, out. that helped him achieve it but um, but yeah I was thinking he was definitely afraid, and there was a lot of ego involved yeah. in that for him. So it's, I was thinking about risk in terms of, you know, it's funny. There's this perceived risk, and then there's the actual risk, and then your ego sort of bounces somewhere in between, right? Yeah. And being, and I've known, as I'm sure all of you have known people who did not uh, calculate that properly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you talk, Dave, about some of those guys being adrenaline junkies or some of the guys you know you know, some of those people don't live long. Um, right. So, you know, being super risk averse has its def deficits, downsides, and being uh, super, uh, you know, risk positive also has its yeah. downsides. So, Scale of one to 10? What do you mean? Like 10 being the most risk attracted, one being the most risk averse. And then saying, where, are, where am I? Yeah. I mean, it really depends. If we're talking about physical risk, mm -hmm. I'm pretty low on the scale. You know, I'm pretty risk averse. Mm -hmm. But that said, I ride a bike, I ride the booster yeah. board, I, I drive a car. Yeah. You know. And your teenage shenanigans with the car, right? Yes, but I mean, I've uh, yeah. sobered up since yes, then. Yes, yes, yes. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Frames? Number? Oh, I have to say it depends on um, agility and confidence and experience. I mean, I'm looking over at Davo here thinking about your kind of natural athleticism and also your kind of balance, your sense of 
you know, your sense of your body and space. And I feel like myself, though, I don't have any um, athletic, uh, probably not ability, but I certainly don't have a lot of experience with athletics because I was on the stage. Um, but I feel like I'm a confident person in my body. Like I have a good orientation to up and down and around. But also I want to live. I have a strong will to live. <laughs> so you're at a one and a half? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I maybe negative three in terms of risk. But I do enjoy physical experience. Like I would love to learn how to fly. See, I'd say mm. I'm in the two to three range. But the other funny thing that you have to calculate is, you know, some people will put themselves in the two to three range, but then they'll do things like... Um, drink a little and drive a little oh, yeah. you know that's what i mean that's a different so, category yeah yeah it's a, it's a really um, squishy or, or they'll um they'll do things like uh, you know dietarily that uh, if that's is dietarily a word they'll do things from you know with regards to their diet with respect or, to, yeah, with or they'll their, do things with like their, their career or whatever right. you know yeah, right, that are right. really that that are Poor scary judgment. to most people yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Or do things on a whim that right. that you think, what the fuck were they thinking? Right. The career so, thing is the riskiest thing risk. ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, in some ways, well, yeah. I mean, I suppose I, if they're window washers or whatever, but I'm talking about just pure physical risk. Yeah. The the, the risk of of you know yeah getting in a squirrel suit and jumping off a cliff. Yeah. Which I, I would think, never I'm do. I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. That but I would. I, I Dave, I'm not that. sure that you could say that you would never do it. I, How about jumping out of an airplane with a parachute? I, you know, that doesn't really appeal to me. Have you? Um, you, you haven't done it. I did the, you know, I actually did that. Um, it's called iFly. You know, the those oh, yeah, wind yeah. tunnel things. Yeah. What's and, that? Uh, it's it's a it, uh, it gives you the experience of free fall. It's a, it's basically just a big turb. Uh, it's like a jet engine, oh. um, it mounted Indoor. in the gra- indoors. Okay, so all the physical thrill with none of the risk. Very little yeah, of the risk. Very yeah. little risk. You okay. you float, you know, you float in in this tube hmm. basically in a wind tunnel that is hmm. shooting straight up and seems uh, like cheating. And you put on a Yeah. <laughs> Just I think actually it's not a bad oh I'm feeling some drops. It's not a bad way to train. Some you, people use it to train do you for need to free falling. Okay. Um free falling. You know, I'm interested in um quick turns and I'm thinking about skiing as a metaphor and making quick turns because can I share with you guys that I have had um, kind of a change of mind this week about our mm. current situation I oh. came up with I know Tuesday I had I had a couple days where I was quite despondent mm. I have to say mm. and I came up with an organizing story slash metaphor that's really working for me and I thought I'd share it Let's with you. Let's hear it, babe. Yeah. So a couple months ago, um, strange things happened. I was feeling really, you know, I was getting a lot of information about danger. I had to get to Oakland and get my kid out of school. Everything was locking down. There was this new virus. It was a pandemic. There was information overflow and every day it was changing. And I... I was thinking this week, it's, it's a little bit like there was a massive event and the earth exploded and old earth is gone. And now I've been lucky enough to have portaled through space somehow, <laughs> reoriented, and I find myself on a new planet that looks so much like the old one. It's a parallel, parallel universe. Yes, it's like, a, it's like this incredible thing. I survived the event... And now I'm on this new planet that looks a lot like Earth, but it's new Earth, and there's new rules. It's dangerous, but it's familiar enough where I can orient myself to those dangers and still feel a sense of home, but I can never go back to old Earth. Old Earth has blown up. It is gone. I, I, you know, I, have, I can mourn it, and I can miss it, but I, I'm never getting back there. So I'm giving myself permission to look around and go, oh, this new earth has rules. It's a little scary. There's a global pandemic. Things are shifting. But here I am. I'm with Dave. I'm with Pablo. I'm with my friends. I, I Liam Neeson'd my daughter out of Oakland, so she's <laughs> with me. 
I, well, you I, have a very special set of skills. I know. Well, and then and then I think to myself, well, New Earth isn't bad. I mean, it's scary, but this is beautiful, and it's familiar enough for me to orient myself forward and embrace this new life. So it's a positive. Thing it's, a, it's a little trick. It's, it's a, a mental trick. It's a mental trick. It's a ment- It's a story that's really helped me this week. Do you think it's? Um, sort of uh, in synchronicity with the changing of the season and people are opening up stuff and no. any of that? No, it's just... Nothing to do with that because, of course, I mean, I do love that in this new earth there are four seasons and I'm going to be looking forward to the summer and the fall, but the primary ut- utility of this story is to help me orient to the now moving forward instead of constantly going, oh, I miss that. And also, I, you know that movie? movie Melancholia with Kirsten Dunst. I know oh, yeah. I have not seen it. Well, I, I'm addicted to the last 10 minutes of it, so I did go back and watch it again. Nice. You might also want to watch um, John Carter of Mars. <gasps> really? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Well, it's based on the Edgar Rice Burroughs Mars uh, series, is that, which is very is pulpy. Keanu Reeves or something? No, no. Who, who it's, is it? I can't remember the actor's <laughs> name. He actually looks a little bit more like Channing Tatum. Ooh. But, um, with his shirt on or with his shirt He off? has his shirt off okay. and he has his shirt on. He's a very appealing actor. I can't remember his name. It's a pulpy movie, but I really liked it quite a bit, and I rewatched it the other night after watching The Rocketeer. <laughs> and um, he travels to Mars through projection sort of a form of astral projection so his physical body remains on earth but then he is manifest on mars gotcha and um and that's your um story reminded me of that i'll watch it yeah so watch it i also like open water don't know that. oh god that's so disturbing it's one of my favorite films ever now does that have oh. astral projection in it or or anything it doesn't but it has multiverse-y? people coping with a new situation oh, yeah i won't be watching it. <laughs> it's a horrible movie <laughs> dave we never got your risk number yeah yeah where's oh your risk my risk number? number you know i don't i don't know that it's very easy for a person to do their own because i don't i I feel like every risk that I take is super calculated and it doesn't feel risky. Like the, the thing that made that whole ski thing scary was I had never, I didn't know what I was getting into and I had no, once I got there, I had never been in a situation Mm. like that. I had never skied anything that steep before. And, um, I, so it was totally unfamiliar, but some of the things that I, I do that don't feel like you know, I tell people that I play hockey, and it, and that just feels like, you know, like playing softball or something. You know, it doesn't feel, although, you know, it's a contact sport. You're moving pretty fast. You crash into things. I always have bruises on, on my body and yeah. stuff. And um, softball and, also sounds risky. To me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it doesn't that that doesn't feel like any kind of you know risk or anything to to me and and neither does like skiing in general like i like skiing i i can feel very relaxed on a uh, in a situation that other people would be scared by um because i've just done it yeah. so much that um it doesn't and and i would imagine that that's the same with guys who are in squirrel suits <laughs> you know they've done it like oh, i've done this 50 times i'm not it, sure. it doesn't and that's actually what kills them is that they get too comfortable <laughs> with it? So it doesn't feel risky anymore, I mean, and then they start taking chances. Doesn't sound you, safe. You just answered your own question, <laughs> and I think the other thing is that to the to the guys in the squirrel suit posse, right? One of them is a nine, and one of them is a one. Even though to you they might all be nine. Yeah, yeah. So I think the other important thing about this metric isn't how just how we evaluate ourselves, but how your metric how that number is in relation to other people right mm. so i might be a three on my scale but i might be a 10 on yours and so on and so forth so the question is what is a one <laughs> on your scale what is here's something that's interesting so pablo scale? um you got your boosted board before i got mine uh-huh. and i remember going out riding with you and i fe- and you were going r- really fast and i was still feeling like yeah is this thing gonna throw me like yeah. as i go over a crack you yeah. know like I, and i i was feeling very uh, uh, risk averse, and you were just like, you know, shooting yeah. around, and and uh, 
totally relaxed. And so you and I were on a different place on that risk scale doing the exact same thing. And you consider yourself a three or whatever. Yeah. And yes. I consider myself a, like a five, maybe. Right. Wow. But, um, well, all, more to the point than that it's all just relative. You know right? that yeah, it's relative. It is relative, and it, and, and, and it depends on the context, right? Like, my dad used to have a snowmobile. He would hook up the toboggan to the snowmobile, and we'd go out on the lake, and he'd have five girls, you know, all five Frable girls, and his intention <laughs> God, was, I would to, love to see was to throw want, us off. That's <laughs> the video I want to see. <laughs> well, his intention was to... Yeah, give to you a ride. Give us a ride, and also to give to make it the craziest ride yeah. possible so that we there would be no survivors. We would all have tumbled <laughs> off. This explains so much. <laughs> I know, it does. I really wish I, I'd known your father. <laughs> <laughs> you would have liked him. He I'm was. Sure I he had some good features. Um, and you know, we would, we would go out on the lake and there was big Island and little Island and you'd go around these trails and, and sometimes the toboggan would go straight into a tree because depending on the yeah. slack of the rope, I mean, it was, or dangerous. you'd lose a frable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, but I have to say, I was always the one who hung on the longest. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. was it because I liked it or was it just because I wanted to please my dad and earn his, you know, approval? Maybe there's no difference. I don't know. It's hard to say. When did he, how, uh, when did, uh, when did he pass? Uh, he, um, he died in, I think, 2000. Seven oh, of really? a motorcycle accident. Really, that late? Speaking of, I thought he died much earlier than that for some reason. Speaking of no, risk, well, he, yeah. He 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 exited from my life when I was about nineteen. Oh, okay. So he kind of metaphorically died. Where did he, he live? He lived in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale by the sea. And you didn't talk to him at all. Oh, maybe four or five times during my adult life. Holy biscuits, buddy! Well, he That's... he 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 said, "I am no longer your dad." What? When I was 19. Yeah. He said, I can't be your dad. He said that to all of you guys, right? Nope, just me. What? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a pangolactic thing. Wait a thing. second. Okay. What the fuck? This yeah, is, I didn't know it was just you. This th changes things. This may things. not have... Well, this may... <laughs> I, oh, Jesus. I thought he bailed on everyone, but you're saying he still was like, no, I'm still your dad and your dad, <laughs> but not yours. I don't think it was that well thought through on his part. Really? Yeah. I don't hold it against him. Well, I do. <laughs> what the... Yeah, I don't... I mean, do you want to talk about this? I, I, I Actually, I don't mind because it is, you know, with age, you just come to terms with Okay, things. what do you think he meant? That's some fucked up shit. Well, Give us a backstory was, on honestly, this Honestly, he was a terrible father. Fair enough. But he was not a terrible human being. And he had some good features as a, as a father, one of which was he, he really loved fun. He loved having kids trail after him in an adventure. He loved to create um, spontaneous dangers that would uh, make my mom laugh or scared. What so did he do for a living? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right, you answer the question. A, this might be an elf hole. <laughs> okay, but but what do you think he was thinking if he said just to you, "I can no longer, I'm not your father anymore"? I think he was terribly ashamed of the divorce. He was terribly ashamed that he wasn't able to earn a living, that he couldn't support us, and that. But he, he didn't was say that he to was Carolee Ill. or Boo or. I mean, you'd have to ask them. But, but no. you're, you don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> and did any of them have contact with him? Yeah, yeah. They all Regular. would go down to Florida and visit him. They, <sighs> Carolee and What Bo, was it in particular about you? Did you guys have a really I, hard I, relationship? I think I just pushed it. I had the conversation huh. where I think we sat down at the Valley Restaurant in Dinky Town and had coffee. And, and I think I just, you know... Was I was taking him to task and basically asking him to step up, and he said, you know, actually, no, <laughs> I'm not going to. I see. Because I can't. And s I, I, He loved me. He yeah. just, you know, didn't have it in him. <gasps> you guys, look, blue heron going right over our head. Oh, uh, yeah. God bless it. It's a sign. Beautiful. Oh, I, that, I had an experience yesterday where I, uh, I was walking through the woods, and right next to me, 
a bald eagle <gasps> jumped, it, it like it went into full flight, and oh my god, the wingspan! On That's amazing. Are, yeah, that is amazing. Oh, That's god. incredible. Right, the night before my brain surgery, I was driving down River Road, um, by the West Bank, and a eagle attached itself to my car, like ten what f- ten feet oh, above, flo- and f- and flew over my car around the curves it was protecting you i th- it i took wow. it as a the sign great, that it was spirit. all gonna be okay yeah, yeah. So well i'm glad that eagle was right oh look at that little kid toddling along mm, toddle, toddle, you know that's funny because uh toddle, 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 when toddle. joyce my ex-wife had yeah. uh cancer we were driving her to her uh surgery and we had a similar experience where, really? where an eagle flew um Right in front of our car, and I said, "That's a good omen." Oh, well, that's shit, so guys! Cool. My ex-wife also had cancer. We had no eagle or bird or anything <laughs> fly over. Is she okay? <laughs> She's fine now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How is your dad, Dave? Oh, you know he's uh, he. You know he's doing okay. Uh, um, not great. You know. Yeah. Um, but he's got advanced Parkinson's. Yeah. And, uh, that's the way it is. And he's also 83 years old. Um, just about 80. Actually, tomorrow he will be 84. Oh, happy tomorrow. birthday, happy Dad. Birthday. Happy birthday. Do you feel like there's, do you, do you catch yourself when you're thinking about older people or no older people, that there is an age at which you're kind of like, where you just said like, but he's 83. Where you say, 83, eh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like uh death okay oh or, or, do you have a number well, for does yourself that change? everybody you know like you talk to people like my dad just passed oh i'm so sorry and, and then they say a lot of people say yeah and he was only 86 that's right right you know? or or they say wow he had a great life he was 62 oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. okay do you have um do you have a number in your mind for when you when you feel like you expire me personally? Yeah, just like if we were, you know, had a stamp or something and you looked at it and, and it flashed. What What's that um, I mean, great might, science fiction? might have been 32 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, do you want to be, you know, I, I have a, a friend, well, my grandma actually and, and also a close friend of mine, um, their greatest aspiration is to live to be 100. Really? And I don't know that I want to live to be a hundred because I've seen people who are a hundred and <laughs> they, it doesn't seem like a great life. Um, you know, maybe better than no life, but it's still kind of a, that's a hard, it's yeah. hard to be that old. I yeah. Think. They well, say old age is not for sissies. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the thing is, unless you take your own life, you don't really get to choose. You don't get to choose how it shakes out. You don't get to choose how long. You don't get to choose what combination of maladies you do or don't have. Yeah. So, you know, in some ways it's it's you moved. Can, but, yeah. but I was going to say, I do notice that as I get older, that age for, oh, they're so young or, oh, they've lived a good life bumps up and up and up and now i sort of i think internally feel like everyone should at least live till 85 86 you yeah. know and like 83 so young you yeah. know but yeah. but 85 86 90 you know it's probably I mean, going to bump up my up. friend lee yeah, is yeah. 96 years old i the, i don't know if i showed you guys the series of photographs i took of lee barthel i think i've seen them yeah, on facebook on or instagram maybe, or something yeah. yeah i'm about to put them on facebook cuz my word of the year is share I'm trying to share more I'm just putting that out there um but she's 96 years old and so fun so lively so engaged and having a great life I saw this. Yeah, like Dick Van Dyke. Have you seen Dick Van Dyke? You know, he's like, what, almost 100. And that guy is just, he is, it's like he's 70. Uh, Can you attribute it to musical theater? I don't know. I think I I I told you this, but I saw this terrible documentary about this guy. I think he was a, a noted psychologist who wrote a book on aging. And this documentary is by his grandson, and basically he recants everything he <gasps> stated in his book. And he's just a 
lonely and sad, and uh, it's a really terrible mini dog. Oh I can't God. remember where I saw it. Oh, I love that word recant. Yeah, recant. What? What? Yeah. What should we all recant? <laughs> what? Who? Wait. It's, so he 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 just said that everything is terrible. He's like a noted psychologist who wrote a a bunch of sort of seminal oh, work I I, yeah. on <laughs> aging and how like it's just a state of mind and here's what she, I, I'm paraphrasing because I can't really remember and um, and then his grandson you know interviews him does this mini doc and he had worked very closely with his wife she was a colleague and and this interview this documentary takes place long after his wife has died and he's just a miserable son of a bitch <laughs> and he's basically saying like well this is what i thought then and i now realize that i'm completely wrong life is all suffering and death and basically well, it was just terrible terrible yeah what the fuck did i know i was only 50 years old yeah i was yeah. a spring chicken spring yeah chicken. i have you know somebody years ago said this phrase that haunts me to this day, which is, you're always the youngest you're ever going to be. Yeah. Oh. I, and you, I mean, you can I say that, that even phrase. to a little kid, you yeah. know, like, remember, you're the youngest you're ever going to be. Yeah. I tell that to Oliver all the time. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. <sighs> uh, I heard a great phrase, which I'd never heard before. How do you eat an elephant? How? One bite at a time. Oh, that's... That's not appetizing. That is that is sad, sad, sad. <laughs> che- sounds chewy. And 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 the the image of all these flowering trees. All of a sudden, it was just snowing petals. While you said that, it was talk about cognitive dissonance. Oh, look at that! See those mushrooms right there yeah. behind you? Yeah. Those are uh, those are edible. Are they? What are they? They're called, called inky caps, and they. Uh, the interesting thing about those is that they function the same way as antabuse does. The drug that makes you deathly ill if you drink. So huh. you can. So those are really oh. delicious mushrooms, unless you have them with even a sip of alcohol will make you super sick. You Antibuse. were telling us about those, so don't yeah. cook them with wine. Yeah, right. Or don't drink wine while you're with your meal yeah. that you're wow. eating. Also, yeah. don't inject bleach while you're eating them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good so, times. So, there anybody have any goals for the week? Recommendations? I want to relax a little. I've been working super duper hard, and I just want to relax a little before I hit it again next week. I want to go biking with Boo Boo Bear and Stephanie. Yeah. And um, just relax a little. Chillax. That's my goal. Nice. I've been uh, I've been relaxing a little too much. I think I've I've been having uh, trouble sleeping just because I, I'm not moving as much as I used to. You know, it used to be that uh, I would play hockey three days a week and dance three nights a yeah. week. And um, and those are both, uh, you know, the, it's exercise. Yeah. And uh, um, so part of yesterday, my mushroom hunting extravaganza um, in which I took uh, about 20,000 steps, according to my Apple Watch. Uh, oh, and, yeah. uh, and also rode my bike a fair distance. And um, and then, you know, when I got home, I prepared the mushrooms and cooked them and made dinner. And I, anyway, I was exhausted at the end of the day, and I slept like a rock last night, and it was great. And I thought, I just need to exercise more. I need to get out. Because um, this, uh, I you know, like everybody... You sit inside and and you bounce around in your own head and mm. uh, and it you can drive yourself fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, that so, ain't good. Yeah, I, it was good to just get out and I thought, you know, I'm gonna do this more. I just gotta get out. Yeah, get out, move, move yep. the body, move the body. That's my goal this week. Is to, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I've got some piano books to pick up at Cadenza. Because I've got a new piano student, which is very exciting, Congrats. which is bizarre in this, but it's the new earth. Where is Cadenza? So, Cadenza is Selby and Lake. Uh, no, Selby and Summit. No, oh, Selby, yeah, uh, and Marshall. Selby and uh, Snelling. Thank you, yeah. Selby and Snelling. So I'm going to bike over meant. there, pick up a bunch of piano books. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You're going to bike over. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, when, a I nice worked, bike ride. when I worked at Central and I lived with Boo at uh, 36th and Harriet, I would bike to Central to teach. You every worked day. at Central High School? Yeah, in, oh. in uh, after school theatrical. Oh, I didn't know that. That's situation. Awesome. Yeah, it oh. was fun. But every day, tw- you know, that's like 50, 
I don't know, that's eight miles, nine miles. Yeah, right. But right. up Marshall. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you get to take the gr- you could take the greenway all the way across to uh, um, to the river and then yeah. come up the come river. Up, come up yeah. Lake. Yeah. 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 And well, summit. now it's come biking. Summit, I mean. Right? Now that it's biking season, well, and my there, life there's is so good. there's bike paths all the way yeah. there now. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. This city has gotten so great for bike paths now. Yeah, so great. It's so except great. I tweaked my knee, man. Oh, so no. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I tweaked my knee from sitting. Like I gotta if I'm gonna be <laughs> no, I did for real. Like sitting too long. I threw I my was, back I was out editing. Eating. Yeah. yeah, I was editing. Back out eating. Yeah, <laughs> mushrooms. I looked the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, uh. there's so many people who uh, who throw out their back sneezing or coughing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hurt my back once when I was younger trying to answer my phone while I was on the can. That was <laughs> that was wounded for like three weeks. Okay. I, I just, was like, I think God was punishing me. I think that that's just a boundary that we should all respect. Two different activities separated by a door. Now, this is before cell phones. Oh. Right? <laughs> Okay, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up with some uh, recommendations. I got one. Okay, hey. I watched this movie last night, Down with Love. Have you ever seen oh, that? Yeah. No, who's with, in it? Uh, Ewan McGregor uh, and uh, Renee Zellweger. Uh, Re- Renee Zellweger. No, okay, yeah. I have not seen it, but I know it's, it. It's it's just it's a super campy and super stylized, um, kind of like. Uh, what is it? Uh, how to succeed in business without uh, even trying? But, oh no, but I have it's seen a, it. It's a romant. It's a uh, rom uh, com. And they're singing. It, well, kind of. It's not a musical, but right. there is some singing. And there's a song called "Down with Love" that huh. it, they kind of sing at the end. And so, but uh, um, but it's just super stuff. It's uh, oh Pierce um, or uh, Pierce Brosnan? No, no, no. The uh, uh, David Hyde Pierce okay. is also in it, and he's great. And um, what year was this made? Uh, it must have been made within Early the last 90s? 10 years. No, yeah. no. It's older than is that. Is it? Okay. I think so, yeah. Is it pre-plastic It's surgery? really cheeky. Oh. It's really cute. It's really light, fair, and it's, and it's yeah, it's it's funny and it's well done and uh, um, and just happy. It's good. very happy. Yeah, it's a good movie. I do, re- I do remember liking it, but I don't remember what it was about. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's my recommendation. She was amazing in Judy. I did not see it. Oh, I've not seen that either. Oh. I've, heard, I've heard it was dark. It is. Uh, it's got a lot of pathos, but she was phenomenal. She kind of looks like her, doesn't she? Well, in they the certainly made her look like yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Prosthetic voice. How about, how about you guys? Recommendations? I mean, I'm oh, going to go John Carter. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rocketeer and John Carter of Mars. <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch that tonight. Uh, John, John Carter. John Carter to Mars. Okay, I'll watch that John too. Carter from, uh, of Mars, yeah. Um. You know, I did watch on the at the behest of my daughter, whose new crush is David Diggs. She's moved on from Who Seth Rogen, although she'll, he will always have her heart. He's an actor. He's in Hamilton. He's in oh. a lot of stuff. He's in Blackish. He's a wonderful oh. actor. And she said I should watch Snowpiercer. Have oh, yeah. you heard of this? Wait, the TV show or the movie? Well, this is where I made my mistake. <laughs> You fool! I know. It's a TV show now too. Yeah. Well, huh. oh, I I watched it last night, Wait. and I kept I watched the movie. Thank you. Well, you know, Bong Joon Ho directed it. I yeah. think I have his no- name wrong. Please forgive me. Yeah, and Chris Evans is in it. He's amazing. They're all amazing. It's yeah. it's Kill so dark, and so, and I kept going, where is David Diggs? You know, and I'm trying to relate to my daughter. Yeah. Trying to <laughs> you know be a the, be a good mom, and you know she said, Mom, you have to watch this. And it was so dark, so I cannot <laughs> recommend that. And now I have to watch the series TV series. So I what a recommendation! I don't know what to say about. Don't that. watch Snow Parasite. But yeah. Well, I loved Parasite. I mean, I love everything they say about class. You know, it's a yeah. Very I have not dark, still dark. have not seen it, so don't spoil it. I for will me. not. I will not. Hmm. All right. Well, it was beautiful. Uh, Hanging out with you. Beautiful hanging out with you guys. Always Love you guys. Always good to see you. Love you. And uh, everybody take care out there. Yeah. yeah everybody be- take care. XOXO. XO. Beer fun, feel love. Fresh out of fucks forever. Trying to be stronger for you. Ice cream.